Hey, this is Joe Caminetti Jr. Welcome to the BC Podcast. We hope it inspires you and helps you in your journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. And again, welcome to everybody that's visiting online, here in the room, in Boardman, at TCI. And guys, I'm excited about lesson two. I'm really, really excited about this lesson. Remember, there's an unseen world that literally influences and tries to control our world. And last week was lesson one, and we talked about the creator of everything, God. And if you weren't with us, I think we had a really good time. And this week, we're going to talk about the enemy. And next week, we'll talk about good angels and how we can increase their activity, not to see them with these eyes, but to have them working behind the scenes. And then in our final fourth lesson, we're going to talk about the power of the unseen world and how we can connect with the good power and that there's a counterfeit power and how we want to make sure we don't connect with that power or seek that power. So we're, we're going to have a blast, but today is about the enemy, and I want to begin with a Joe story. Um, this happened early on in my Christianity, and I'm sure many of you have the same story. Uh, maybe some of the subjects change, but it's the same story. And so at 19, I accept Christ, and I come out of a, a terrible background of binge drinking every weekend, getting high almost every day of my life, and being active, you know, sexually. And so I come out of that environment, and I don't know what's wrong, I don't know what's right, but I began to study the Bible, and I decided I'm going to become a disciple of Jesus. So I just began to pursue him. Then I would read things in the Bible, and, and I would think, oh, no, I'm not allowed to do this anymore. Oh, no, I shouldn't do that. And I, I hardly know God, but I'm reading Scripture, and I'm saying, okay, God, I'll try, and, and I'll give it a shot, God. And, and, and then I would struggle, right? And, and I would keep having all these bad thoughts, and I'm just thinking it's me, but they're hitting my head like crazy. You know, so if I got around someone uh, that was smoking cigarettes, and smoking is not a sin, nothing wrong, but I just thought I should quit. But if I smelled a cigarette, I was a chain smoker, three packs a day, and I would smell a cigarette, I did everything in extreme, I know. So <laughs> I, I know, that's who I am. I, know, I figured that out, right? Um, but I'd smell a cigarette, and I'd just have these thoughts, you, you, should, you should just smoke in. Don't you miss it? I'm like, yeah, I do miss it, you know? And, and I'd see someone drinking, and i think, oh, I should get drunk tonight. That would feel good. It wouldn't be that bad. I'll do it just at home. And, and these thoughts would hit me and hit me and hit me. And, and then the same problem I was struggling, I, I'm trying to walk away from pornography, and I'm getting these thoughts in, in that area. And man, I was... I was so messed up, and, and I would fall with cigarettes. I'd fall a little bit with drinking, and I'd come right back, and I'd repent. I'd fall with pornography. I'd come back, and i repent. I'm 19, 20, 21 years of age. And, I, and then I came to a place where I thought, I, I must not even be a Christian. And I think, God, I don't think this took. Um, I, I just don't think I got a hold of this, because some preachers would tell you if, you if you fall into sin, it didn't take, right? And, and so, uh, but then they get angry, and that's a sin too, right? So, so, you know, I'm over here struggling like crazy, and then I remember one day God opened up my eyes to some incredible truth, and you know what it was? That when I accepted Christ, the real me, my spirit, we are a spirit, we possess a soul, our mind, our will, and our emotions, we live in a body. The real me was created in Christ's image, and I'm actually a, a good person. I'm actually good. And then I realized, yeah, I have to renew my mind, but there's also a, a temptation coming from the enemy, and the enemy's able to tempt us, and we'll talk about that today. And I realized, oh, this isn't even coming from me. And he'll try to connect with, you know, for me, I smelled cigarettes, and he tried to connect. I see someone drinking, he tried to connect, right? And, and so he's just always trying, if he sees we're seeing something or hearing something, he'll try to put thoughts in our head. And when I figured out, wait a minute, 
I'm, I'm, I'm born in the image of Christ. I'm a Christian. I love God with everything that's in me. This isn't me. I don't really want to do this. These are temptations. Then I was able to also learn, guys, all I have to do is speak to that and command it to go. And we'll talk a little bit about that today. And then it would disappear. But it always tries to come back until you're sure, right? And it come back a week later. Uh, you know, have a cigarette, have a cigarette. I go, no, get drunk, no, no, get high, no, no, I'm not gonna do that. And then it would go. And then eventually it just, it figures out, I'm not gonna get this guy. Now when I see someone drinking it, I don't even think about that. I, I smell a cigarette, I think, oh, I'm glad I'm not doing that anymore, right? But, but for a while, he knew how to connect all of those physical things and put thoughts in our head. So we're gonna talk about our enemy. And here's the thing about the enemy. Um, he, he's very, very intelligent. And I'm not lifting him up, but he's been here a long, long time. And you and I have to understand uh, he's a strategist, and I want you to understand, and I want you to see how he works on us and works on the world. So I have a big idea for this lesson. This is what I want us to walk out, understanding more clearly than ever, and it goes like this. We must understand our enemy to defeat our enemy, and we'll never really defeat him until we understand him. And so I want to begin by looking at the head guy and understand he's not, the, the devil is not the one tempting you. Uh, he's not omnipresent, right? He can only be in one time, place at one time. I'm not important enough for him to mess with me, but he has these evil spirits that can put thoughts in our heads, and they've been watching us from birth. They're called familiar spirits, and they know my weakness. And when they see me walking in a way or they see I'm offended or I'm hurt, they just start putting those thoughts in your head. If they see I don't know the scriptures, they're gonna put those thoughts in my head to sin or that I don't have any value. Whatever those thoughts are, they're gonna flood my head with those thoughts. So you and I have to understand the enemy is out there and the enemy is doing those types of things. We have to understand him. So I thought, let's start with, with the top guy, the devil. Who is he? And where did he come from? And most of us know this, but we wanna remind ourselves. So I'm gonna look at a text in the Bible and it seems at first, when you first read it, that God is speaking to the, the literal king of Tyre, T-Y-R-E, but you say Tyre, the literal king of Tyre. But then immediately you see, no, no, he shifted to the power behind the power, and we know without a doubt. No theologian doubts who he's talking to in this text, but let's just check out who he was, where he came from. His given name was Lucifer, which means the light or the guardian of light. So listen to Ezekiel 28, verse 12. Son of man, take up this lament concerning the king of Tyre and say to him, this is what the sovereign Lord says. You were the model of perfection, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. And right there, you kind of think, this can't be a man that he's speaking to or speaking of, right? And he just begins to speak to the enemy behind this man. Listen to verse 13. This is where we begin to see it. You were in Eden, the garden of God. He'd have to be really old. This can't be the actual king. So now we know, right? Every precious stone adorned you, ruby, topaz, and emerald, chrysolite, onyx, and jasper, sapphire, turquoise, and beryl. Your settings and mountings, get a hold of this, were made of gold on the day you were created. So right away we know this wasn't a human being that was born, the king of Tyre was born. We know who he's talking about, he was created. And notice they were prepared in him when he was born. So the, these mountings, guys, uh, theologians will tell us, most probably musical instruments that were built right into him, made of gold. Majority of scholars do not argue with this, 
they, they all believe he was the worship leader of heaven. Isn't that amazing? He understands music, right? So a lot of secular music is fine. It's just normal. It's not bad. But you can tell there's some secular music out there. He understands the false anointing, and he's trying to really influence people with some, some bad stuff out there too. But of course, he knows it. He knows everything about worship. He knows everything about music and the power of music. And so we're seeing who we're talking about, a created being. And then notice the next verse reads, verse 14, you were anointed as a guardian cherub, for so I, God, ordained you. You were on the holy mount of God. You walked among the fiery stones. So now we know he was at the throne room. That's what this is describing. And notice, he was the guardian cherub. So the cherubs are the highest ranking angels. And so he's higher ranking than Michael and Gabriel. And, and he was anointed as uh, the guardian cherub. So he was the guard, guys, of the very presence and life of God. And that's why so many believe, oh, he was the worship leader, no doubt about it. And think about it, he's right in the throne room of God. He saw God create the universe. If you weren't here last week, we talked about that. He knows everything. He saw God create mankind. He understands everything. So I'm never the, the most intelligent person in the room ever, ever. And there's a lot of you that are really intelligent in Borman here in Warren, online at TCI. Uh, but if you took all of our intelligence together, uh, it wouldn't compare to what the devil knows. He's been doing this to people for thousands of years, and he is an exceptional uh, strategist, and we need to know where he came from. But then something happened. So he, here he is, the light of God. God made him as his most perfect creation. And then listen to verse 15. You were blameless in your ways from the day you were created, till wickedness was found in you. So something happened, right? Verse 17 says it this way. Your heart became proud on account of your beauty, and you corrupted your wisdom because of your splendor. So I threw you to the earth. I made a spectacle of you before kings. And he's still doing that, right? Isaiah 14, 12 through 16, we're not going to read it. It lets us know that there was a day, that's also about the enemy, when he was Lucifer. And here's basically what he said. I'm going to paraphrase it. He said, I can take God out and take over his throne. That, that was his big deal. A third of the angels and heavenly creatures followed him. That was the shortest battle that ever existed, ever. It took one second, and he was thrown out of heaven. And so now he's in the heavenly realms. He's walking about looking for people to devour. He's called the God of this world. Jesus defeated him, so you and I can enforce that victory in our personal lives, but he's still messing the world up that we live in. So we have this fallen creature who's very bitter. You know who he hates more than anything? Us. Why? Because we're the apple of God's eye. He was the apple of God's eye, and then God made us, and we're the apple of God's eye, and he doesn't like us. And then once you accept Christ, it's like, oh, no, I lost them. So he knows he lost us. We don't go to heaven by our works, right? So all he can think is, maybe I can disconnect these guys from God. Maybe I can just disconnect them, and maybe some of them will walk all the way away from God and maybe deny Christ. So he's got this thing he's trying to do, and he's also trying to impact the world. And it's important for us to understand this. So I'm going to just show you some of the things he's out there doing. And the first one I want to show you is this, guys. The devil and his fallen angels devise global and personal strategies against us. So they'll come at us. 
these little imps that watch us, these familiar spirits, they'll go up to their ranking angels and they'll say, hey, Joe, has a, Joe was just offended. And I think if we put these thoughts in his mind, I think we can get him to be bummed out, maybe even depressed. Uh, and they just come up with ways. Or Joe has a little weakness and a propensity here. Let's go ahead. Let's just make him think of ice cream and, and, and Dairy Queen or, or Dunkin' Donuts, right? And, and just put thoughts in his head. They're, they're always trying to strategize because if I can get him to binge, it's gonna make him lose his confidence, right? And there's just, they know every one of our weaknesses, and they're just strategizing against us. Listen to this, Ephesians 6, 11. Put on all of God's armor so that you'll be able to stand firm. Listen, listen, listen. Against all strategies of the devil. So he's the key strategist. He has these fallen angels under him, these little evil spirit imps that try to put thoughts in our heads. They keep an eye on us. They go back to their supervisors. But he's just saying, guys, if we're going to stand, we have to have God's armor on. The number one way the enemy attacks us is by putting thoughts in our mind and trying to cause us to believe something that's not true. And it's a battle that he's trying to do with us constantly. That's why we want to become disciples. Man, A disciple just says, you know, God, I'm not perfect, but I want to find out what you said, and I want to just put it into practice in my life. And that's when we can grow and overcome things. Listen to verse 12. This is why I read verse 11. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen realm, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places or in the unseen realm. And guys, our battle is more with those guys, but the devil's trying, and he's trying to control everything. He's trying his best, guys, to devise global and personal strategies against us. There's some guys that have written some cool books on what all these things are and how the devil's hierarchy is. I'm not gonna even try to get into that in this short lesson, but there's some great material on that. You could probably uh, just search it online and find it. But, but guys, here's the bottom line. Here's what you wanna walk out with, right? These guys are in the unseen realm, right? And they have strategies that they're trying to work against the world and against us. And that's important for us to see. And, and, and I want you to see this. What did the Bible say concerning our enemy? Our enemy is not people. Do we have sometimes people who are our enemies? Yes, but our battles with what's behind them. So for some of you that are involved politically, some Christians need to be involved politically. That's their call, and, 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 and that's good. You need to do it. But here's what you want to remember. You're not fighting people. So you don't want to get on their level and begin to call them names and say terrible things about them. Uh, that's fighting flesh, right? We don't want to do that with anybody we disagree with. We don't want to get into that realm with people. But we want to understand the real problem we're dealing with, guys, it's that strategist and it's all his helpers, and they're influencing people. And we need to know that they have a global strategy. And when you think of what's going on with Putin and Ukraine, guys, you've got to know, man, he's probably got high-ranking angels on him, and they're trying to put some thoughts in his head to do some things. And the enemy's trying to control everything. That's why we pray for leaders like God I want them to come to know Christ, right? I want to pray for these leaders. I want them to come to know Jesus as their Savior because he'll try to control everybody in this world, and we need to know that that's happening. So here's a really cool scripture. I want to set it up. This has to do with someone that doesn't know Christ and then what will happen when they come to know Christ, and then it also shows us, guys, um, 
what the enemy is able to do with them when they don't, don't know Christ. And some will be worse than others, but, but take a look at this scripture, 2 Timothy 2, 26. Then, and, and then means after they accept Christ, they will come to their senses and escape from the devil's trap. He has them entrapped, for they have been held captive by him. Take a look at this, to do whatever he wants. The Message Bible says it this way, uh, you never know how or when God might sober them up with a change of heart and turning to the truth. That's They come to know Jesus, right? Enabling them to escape the devil's trap where they are caught and held captive, forced to run his errands. And so when you think about the non-Christians, there are some really good non-Christians, right? So some are really good. Uh, but yet the enemy's controlling them in, in two ways. He'll put thoughts in their head, you know, maybe for little things, you know, like be angry, do this, respond this way. Uh, but then he also programs us with false beliefs and that controls us, right? We'll talk about that in just a moment. And it's just like the, the scriptures are saying, he kind of has us on the string. You know, one of the greatest movies of all time, and most of you have watched it, but some of you younger people haven't. I liked it for the culture, was The Godfather. Remember, remember what they said about The Godfather? He holds all the politicians in his pocket, right? And, and they showed like a, a puppet with strings and he's pulling strings. Guys, it's not The Godfather. It's Diavolo and it's his kingdom. And they're really controlling a lot of things that we see. When you hear Putin say in the news, I'm willing to use tactical nukes. I don't know about you, but that's like, whoa, slow down, Putin, right? Um, that's kind of crazy. By the way, that will come back. All that terrible atmosphere you create will, will blow back onto your country too, right? But who do you think is trying to influence these leaders? Guys, we know who it is. And we need to understand the enemy behind our enemies, the enemy behind bad people. But he's also trying to control good people. So let me, let me show you something that he's really good at doing. Here's my, my next point. The enemy deceives the world and attempts to deceive Christians. And he's really good at deception. So what is deception? Deception is simply a wrong belief. Every one of us listening to me right now, we have belief systems and our life is based and built on our belief system. We make all of our decisions according to what we believe. And that's why the Bible says the God of this world blinds those who haven't believed yet. What happens when you go to share Jesus with them? What if some people say, I don't even wanna hear about them. I don't believe in religion. I don't believe in that. Don't even talk to me. What happens? They have a belief system that causes them even to reject the gospel. But all of us have that going on, right? When I accepted Christ, I was set free. But remember when Lazarus came out of the grave? He came out of the grave and he had grave clothes and Jesus said, take off his grave clothes. Really, after we accept Christ, our grave clothes are still coming off, right? That's, that's our false beliefs. That's things we believe that aren't accurate. And so we're just all growing, myself included. And a lot of my grave clothes have come off, thank God, but there's still some beliefs I have that probably aren't correct. And as I dig into the scripture and I go after the scripture, guys, God's gonna be able to just take those things and, and unwrap them in my life and free me. So everybody that believes something that's not true, they're deceived. And you say, well, how do you come to know you're deceived? <laughs> well, if you're deceived, you don't know you're deceived or you'd know you were deceived, right? But uh, you're not just, you don't know it. The only way to know, again, this is why becoming a disciple of Christ is so important. Uh, you dig into the scriptures, and, and I always like to, to read 
the Gospels and the New Testament, I say, God, if there's something that I'm doing that's different than this, would you open up my eyes to what I'm reading? And, and we just read it so that God can unwrap anything we believe that's not true. And then the Bible says we're casting down those false beliefs. And we say, you know what? I used to believe that way, but I don't believe that way anymore. And God just keeps freeing us, right? But think about the world. Listen to what the Bible says about him, Revelation 12, 9. The great dragon, the ancient serpent called the devil or Satan, the one deceiving the whole world was thrown down to earth with all his angels. This is a future event. This isn't when he was thrown out of heaven. He was thrown out of heaven into the heavenlies. And so the Bible says he's the God of this world. But as we get closer to the coming of Jesus, he'll literally be thrown out of the heavenlies to the earth. And the Bible says, watch out, man. He's gonna be on a rampage at that time. I believe we'll be raptured up and we won't be here during that time. But guys, notice what it says about him. He deceives the world. So he goes with two approaches, all right? He goes with the crazy approach, you know, uh, kill animals and worship me, become a devil worshiper. And, and then he goes with the more mild approach, right? And just something that's not true. And he tries to get everybody somewhere in between according to our personalities, but he does it with our wrong beliefs. And so that's why I'm such a stickler for, man, just finding out what the Bible says and asking God, how does this apply in my life? And then just beginning to free myself. And so the world we live in, some really nice people are deceived. Did, did you know Jesus said this? And I'm not going to read it, but Matthew 13, 24 through 39, Jesus talked about false religions. And there's two parables he gave where he gave us the interpretation. Most parables, he doesn't give us the interpretation. We have to figure it out. But the parable of the sower, he said, I don't want Pastor Joe and other pastors messing this up, so let me interpret it for you. And then the parable of the tares, that's what's in Matthew 13. He said, I don't want Pastor Joe and other pastors messing this up, so allow me to interpret this for you. So he interpreted it. It's really fun to read. But here it is with its interpretation. Jesus said, um, I'm gonna plant my church in the world. He said, then the enemy will come and plant false religions. And, and, and he calls them tares. And in Bible days, a tear was, uh, it was a plant that looked just like wheat, and you couldn't tell the difference until harvest when they budded with their fruit. And then you could say, oh, that's a tear, that's wheat. And they would wrap around the weed and they'd kill wheat. And so uh, his workers came and said, hey, there's a bunch of tares. Do you want us to go pull the tares out? He said, no, don't pull them out because you'll pull out a lot of wheat when you do it. He said, wait till the judgment day and then we'll pull them out. But what is he saying to us? He's talking about false religions. He said, there's gonna be good false religions and crazy false religions. So most people, the crazy ones, like you know, sacrifice animals to the devil and worship him, most of us say, no, thank you. But, but then there's just a lot of good ones out there. Some bring Jesus into them. There's some false religions that literally bring Jesus in. And I'm not gonna attack any of them. I'm just gonna use one for an example. And there's a reason I'm using them. But if you take Mormonism, right, an angel appeared and gave them another gospel and added to the gospel. So if you were to Google, what do they believe? Here's what you'd find out. They believe Jesus was created. He's not the son of God who always existed. And they believe he's not enough to go to heaven. You have to do other things to get to heaven. Well, that would be contrary to the gospel here. But can I ask you a question? Not attacking anybody. Aren't Mormons the nicest people you've ever met? Just think Donnie and Marie. They are so, so nice. 
I think most Mormons are nicer than I am. If you met them, you say, they must, they're way nicer than you, Pastor Joe. They're just nice people. But, but you know what? And a lot of them have accepted Christ, you know? But if you look at all their beliefs, it, it would not be true. And here's, here's what you want to know about our enemy. 2 Corinthians eleven thirteen, For such men are false apostles deceitful workers, disguising themselves as apostles of Christ. So this is going on way back in Bible days, and this is a false religion, false apostles that rose up, and Paul's having to say, guys, they're not true apostles. What they're teaching you is not true. They're teaching you to go back under the law. They're teaching you to do this and to do that, and that's not what Jesus taught us. Listen to the very next thing he says, verse 14. No wonder these guys seem so nice and seem so good, for even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. We'll talk about this in a different way in lesson four. Therefore, it is not surprising if his servants also disguise themselves as servants of righteousness, whose end will be according to their deeds. And so there's a lot of religions. Some don't have Jesus, some do. And, and what is he doing? He'll deceive you with things that have nothing to do with God, nothing to do with religion, but he'll even raise up false religions. So how do we protect ourselves? We need to jump in the scriptures and find out what they say, and then it's just so easy. We need to be connected in the community. You know what I hate more than anything? This is the worst experience I've, I've ever had, is to sit down with someone that I know loves Jesus, or they did, right? They followed him, they loved him, and I, I, I sit down with them, because they, they want to talk to me, and they tell me I no longer believe God exists. That is the worst thing I've ever dealt with in my life. And I look at them and I say, wait, 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 wait. And I've talked to men and women, many, that, that have told me this over the years. Well, not many, but five or six. And, 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 uh, and, and I say, but you love Jesus. You were on fire. Uh, you, you were involved in, in, in church. And how, how could you come to this? They go, I just don't believe anymore. And, and then I say, well, well, okay, you're disillusioned with church. I get it. There's a bunch of imperfect leaders like myself in church. I get why you're disillusioned with church. No, no, no. I don't believe God exists anymore. And in every case, there was some kind of offense, something that happened, some event, or they're struggling with a sin and, and they just think it's themselves and they just give up. And then they open those doors, right? And nothing bothers me more than that. But look at who's behind it. You ready to see who's behind it? 1 Timothy 4.1. The Spirit clearly says that in latter times, some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. Such teaching comes from hypocritical liars whose consciences have been seared as with a hot iron. The consciences seared just means they don't even know they're wrong. Something bothered them, something hurt them, and their hearts are so hard they can't even see it. But notice the first one. Some will abandon the faith. I don't believe anyone can pull us out of the hands of Jesus, but we can come to a place where we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth that Jesus isn't Lord, and it's, a, it's tough to get there. But I've watched some people get it. But look at who's behind it, following deceitful or deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. They're not literally teaching it, but they're bringing it to people, and people are teaching it that have been disillusioned, that have hard hearts. And when I see that happen, I become so angry with the enemy. I become so upset, and I don't ever want to see that happen to anybody. So here's one of the protections. Again, 
becoming a disciple, being planted in a church, having some people around you that can tap you on the shoulder and say, hey, you're getting a little off there, man. We need some people in our life to be able to tell us, you're walking down the wrong road. And a lot of people isolate themselves and then the enemy just preys on them and he's able to do some things. So I'm just showing you some general things he can do. Can I make it more personal now? And I I wanna close with this thought, tell you a Joe story here. Uh, The enemy tempts and attempts to torment us. So Torment, tormenting, tormenting thoughts. They're just a level up from being uh, tempted, right? So he's a tempter. And, and torment is when he just sees a weakness in us and he says, I'm gonna let him have it. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna back off. And he just begins to torment us with something. I'll tell you a story to help you understand it. But a scripture first, here's a scripture. First Thessalonians 3, 5. For this reason, when I could, not, uh, could stand it no longer, I sent to find out about your faith. I was afraid that in some way the tempter had tempted you and that our labors might have been in vain. So Paul brings Jesus to Thessalonica and a big church is born. But then he has to go to another city to plant another church. So he had to leave. He appointed some elders. But but listen to what he's saying. I am afraid that the enemy has tempted you with thoughts He's bombarded you with some thoughts and he's gotten you to believe some things that aren't true. So I had to send somebody to check up on you. He was concerned. But what is he showing us in this verse? There is an enemy in this unseen realm. He has all his little imps and they're constantly trying to come at us, right? They, they do that. And so I talked about being tempted in my opening story and coming to the place where I realized, hey, this isn't me, this is the enemy and I can tell him to go, right? But then I had a time in my life where I was tormented. And I would think some of you have been tormented at one time or another. It's, it's, it's common. That's when those thoughts just, they hit you in the morning, they hit you through the day, they hit you at night, and they just keep bombarding you. So here's what happened with me. I started Believers, uh, I was 24, and I was in incredible shape, running three times a day, no body fat, no extra body fat, I should say. And uh, and, and I didn't realize my value system was in the wrong place. And, and I said this earlier, but I'll say it again. For the, I'm never the best athlete in the room. I know that. But I was in great shape, right? And, and, and just really in good shape. But then I started Believers. I'm working 60, 70 hours a week. And I put on about 20 pounds. And 20 pounds was laughable to me because I thought I can lose this in a month. No big deal. I laughed about it. But then I went up to 50 or 60, and I thought, oh, this is going to take a while. And so, uh, you know, but here's what happened when I got to that weight. I didn't know, I didn't know my understanding was messed up. I began to be tormented, not just a thought, banging me in the morning, banging me in the afternoon, banging me at night, just coming at my head. And, and here were the thoughts. One was this, Gina doesn't love you anymore. Uh, Gina doesn't find you attractive anymore. And she never did a thing for me to believe that. They were just banging on me, right? She's going to leave you for someone else. And I'm just so tormented. But then this thought hit me. Nobody respects you. Your people don't respect you. They, they do not have any respect for you because they look at you and they can't respect you. And those thoughts have bombarded me. Now, it got so bad, guys. And I knew about temptation, but I didn't understand about this torment. And, and what the devil saw is he saw I didn't, I, I had my value system in the wrong place, my identity in the wrong place. 
And he thought, I can take this guy out. And I remember driving one day, I drove for an hour and I was screaming in my car at the top of my lungs because I couldn't stand the torment anymore, just asking God to deliver me, like, God, deliver me. I I don't know what to do. I have no peace. I go to bed and it hits me. I wake up and it hits me. It's with me all day. God, I, I can't live in this anymore. And then God had to free me, but the first thing he did was not what I expected. The first thing he did was showed me my identity was in the wrong place. My identity was in being in physical shape. And he said, you can't have your identity there. And I didn't know it at the time. I'm about 25, 26. And it's like, Joe, you will age and uh, you'll lose hair up here and it will grow out your ears, Joe. You're gonna, <laughs> you're gonna get older. It's just gonna happen, Joe. You don't see it coming, but I don't care how good a shape you're in. And you're gonna deteriorate, right? I didn't know that back then. Uh, so I would have had to deal with this eventually. But he saw a time to take me out, right? Bam, 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 bam. But then God began to minister this to me, Joe. Your identity has to be in who you are in Christ and what happened inside you. And you are blameless and holy and without fault before God. And God has called you and God has gifted you. And Gina's committed to you and you committed to her. And, and you have got to tell this thing to go because it's only hitting you because your value system is incorrect. Your identity is incorrect. You need to see who you are in Christ. And so once I saw that, I was able to do the same thing I did with my opening story, just command it to go. And it was amazing. That baby left. But here's how it works. It goes for about a week, and then it says, I don't know if Joe really got it. Let me, let me give this a test run. And it comes back at you. And then you speak to it again. And eventually it just says, I'm going to leave him alone. This is a waste of time. I need to find another weakness in this man, this woman, this person. But guys, God has given us authority over the enemy. And I love this verse. I'm going to close with this verse. 1 Peter 5.8. Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, we know it's not him. He's not omnipresent. It's all his helpers, but it's just speaking. It's his kingdom, right? The devil prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. And he saw I was able to be devoured. And he does that with all the thoughts, but he thought, I'm gonna torment this this guy with these thoughts. And I know sometimes some things we deal with are clinical. I get that. I was mine was not clinical at all. And and uh uh some of you might say, well, maybe it was. No. Okay. Uh, <laughs> looking for someone to devour. Uh, notice this, resist him standing firm in the faith because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of suffering. I I think this is so cool because these guys are being persecuted. He says, hey, there's other people being persecuted, but that's not, they are being persecuted, but he's talking about the devil trying to thoughts in their mind, God no longer loves you. God's not gonna help you. If God really loved you, you wouldn't be being persecuted right now. And so he's saying, Man, we're dealing, Christians deal with that all over the world. You know, we have to just accept the fact there's an enemy. He's going to put thoughts in our heads, in our minds that are terrible, that they're not true. And I want to ask you a question. What thoughts is he putting in your head? What, what have you been allowing him to mess with you concerning, right? You might say, no, Pastor Joe, I can't stop living this way. I can't stop doing this. And I want to say to you, yes, you can. Yes, you can. Because 
Who you are is you are free. God has set you free. God has redeemed you. You are created in the image and likeness of God, and there's nothing on this earth that can literally have a hold of you. You are free, but the enemy's gonna tell you you're not, and he's gonna tempt you in this area and test you in this area and tell you something here and tell you you're of no value over here, and you and I need to rise up, and did you notice the word in there? Resist him and say, I command you to go, thought. And you might think, Pastor Joe, we can literally speak the thoughts? Yeah, you better, because there's somebody behind them that's not good, that's trying to get you to believe a lie. And you and I can say, I command you, resist the devil and he will flee from you. I command you to go thought in the name of Jesus. God has given you authority over those things. Someone in the world doesn't know it, but you and I know it, and we have authority over that. And we don't have to be tormented and we don't have to be controlled by the enemy. Can I have an amen to that? Maybe a celebration, man. Woo, thank you, Jesus. We are free. We are free, and he'll come back. He always tries something new, right, guys? Let's bow our heads, let's close our eyes, let's pray. Father, I did my best uh, to teach this incredible part of the Bible, and Lord, it's a short time to teach a hefty message, but we thank you for all the other good material that's out there, Lord God, and can open up our eyes to these things. And Lord, here's what we wanna thank you for. We thank you that you set us free. We thank you that when we accepted Christ, you created us in your image, and we're blameless before the throne room of God. And Lord, we know we have to renew our minds, so we make a commitment right now to you to keep digging into the scriptures, find out what you said about us. And Lord, we ask you to give us the grace to walk in what we see, and we thank you for that, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. And Lord, we, we know we believe some things that aren't true, but we don't even know they're not true. So again, Lord, take our grave clothes off as we just seek your word. Show us where we can make some thinking changes, Lord, that will set us free in every area of our life. Lord, show us how valuable we are. Show us how much you love us. Show us, Lord, who we are in Christ. Open up our eyes. Many of us know things intellectually, but help us see it really clearly, Lord God. And Lord, I thank you that I'm speaking to people that know you, the ones that know you, Lord, that they are a free people. We thank you for our freedom. We thank you for what Jesus did for us. And Lord, I thank you for everyone else listening. Oh, we're so thankful for all other people listening. Thank you, Lord, that you brought them to here today or maybe on demand in the future. We just thank you for it, Lord God. And heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Can I speak to some others that are with us? Maybe you're listening and you're not sure of your eternity. You know, and the enemy doesn't want you to ever come to know Jesus. But man, Jesus died so you can live. That's why he died. And he's alive. And whoever believes in him, the Bible says, God will give them eternal life. And so we can't work our way to heaven. We can only believe in the Savior. I can't force them down your throat. Only God can open your eyes up to who he is. But the Son of God who always existed took on a human body. He showed us who God was for about 33 years. And then he allowed himself to be nailed to the tree. The Bible says that God placed the sins of the entire world on him. He died physically. He spent three days, three nights in the heart of the earth. Then God raised him from the dead. And Jesus boldly declares, whoever believes in me will not perish, but I'll give them the gift of everlasting life. He died so you can live. He took the punishment for our mistakes, our sin. And he is the Savior who will save our lives. So if you're listening, you say, Pastor Joe, 
I can't remember a day in my life where I made it personal. Now listen up. I'm not asking you if you're a member of a church, a Christian church. I'm not asking you if you're water baptized as a baby or an adult. All great things, necessary things. Here's what I'm asking. Can you remember a day in your life where you said from your heart, Jesus, I believe you're the only way to heaven and I want to accept you as my Savior? If you're listening, you say, I can't remember that day. Maybe in Boardman, maybe here in Warren, maybe online, maybe at TCI. But you say, this is... This is my day. I'm ready to pray. Would you pray with us right now? The rest of us who have prayed, can we pray loud enough so they can hear us? And and can we join the ones that are praying for the first time? And just say this after me. Say, Lord God, I realize I was born sin-stained and need a Savior. I repent of all my sins, and I look to Jesus. Jesus, I believe You're the only way to heaven. I accept you as my Savior. And I make a decision today to follow you. Give me the grace to walk in your freedom. And thank you for freeing me this day. I thank you that I'm a free child of God. (laughs) Amen. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. There are a couple things I'd love for you to do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. That helps us spread the word and impact more people. You can also help us see others connected to God by investing today at believers.cc slash give. And if you want updates on all things Believers Church, check out believers.cc or follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram or search Believers The Connecting Place on Facebook. The best way to connect with BC is live and in person at one of our weekend worship experiences. We have locations in Boardman and Warren, and you can get the service times and plan your visit at Believers.cc. Thanks for tuning in to the BC Podcast.